This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Being blind, I've been on some interesting dates, but you don't have to have a disability for dating to be a challenge. He whispers in my ear, two more hours of this, when I was like, I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Join me, Fern Lullum, as I delve into the psychology of dating and relationships from first-hand experience to expert advice. Taking away the pressure of the first date, find an interest that you both like. Into You, new episodes every first Thursday of the month. Download this AMI podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast with Chef Mary Mamalidi. We started cooking really young, and then, as with a lot of people, moving off to college and, and living on your own was sort of the catalyst for me. I remember getting a Jamie Oliver cookbook before I went off to school. But from there, I, th- I think it was really when I started dating Steph. You know, I, I really started to cook to impress. Cooking for me has always been at the center of everything. From an Italian household, we had food for everything. It was an expression of love for us. And I think I grew up with that, knowing that when people get together, there should always be some type of food. Why? Because to me, great conversations always happen around a kitchen table. Happy New Year. That, of course, is me, Mary Mamaliti, and my illustrious editor, Matt Agnew. And this week, Matt and Mary take the quiz. You've heard me ask these questions to dozens of guests, but since that pesky guy always cuts my monologues and he barely ever sees the business end of a microphone, we thought we'd let you get to know us a little better. Mr. Agnew. Ms. Mamaliti. Now that we've got the formalities out of the way, tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me. I've always wondered what was it about radio producing editing that was so intriguing to you that, that made you want to choose this as a career? Uh, that's a funny question. Uh, it wasn't. <laughs> Weirdly what? enough, radio uh, and producing was never the idea. I went to a technical college, the Ontario Institute of Audio Recording Technology, um, and I originally thought that I would be um, editing and, and mixing music or, or maybe sound for film, sound design, that kind of thing. Okay. When I was a kid, music was a really big part of my life. You know, I played piano, guitar, uh, a little saxophone in high school band. And uh, I picked up my first pieces of audio equipment to record some tracks with a bit of a, a jam band I had going on and quickly realized that I just loved the recording and technical side of things way more than I actually even liked playing. The music was just sort of a means to the end of messing around with the recording and mixing the tracks. Not too long after I graduated, I got a job at AMI. Um, and I came into this sort of arena with all these radio nerds who had gone to a school for journalism and broadcasting. You know, people like Lloyd Robertson would come into the building and everyone was just like a buzz, you know, this this mm. legendary broadcaster. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've, I've heard of him. And everyone's just looking at me like, are you crazy? <laughs> you know, like this guy's huge. I'm like, yeah, well, OK. Yeah, he, he like reads the news, right? Yeah. So it it never really was the idea for me, but as I grew in my role on various AMI shows, and then of course uh, the opportunity to work with you on Kitchen Confession, and uh, then Bits and Bites, I, I sort of discovered the opposite effect, where where my technical skills were more a means to the end of creating original ideas. I started to kind of discover the same thrill in in crafting interviews and good stories and making engaging, you know, special programming as as I had in picking 
the right mic for a unique vocal texture in a song or something like that. Can I just interject here? Because I've I've been dying to say this. Is it because you've got that boss equality that this worked out for you? <laughs> uh, it's funny you say that. As, as an editor, I, I guess there's a certain amount of ego there. You know, you've got your hands on the controls and you can kind of make, make people dance and sing a little bit. Pretty much. And you also have a lot of dirt on people. On me specifically. Indeed I do. Unfortunately, <laughs> the people that I work with know that I'm, you know, pretty, you know, attention to detail kind of person. And um, yeah, the blooper reels, they never really get deleted. No, no, I've learned that the hard way. They pop up when you least expect them. <laughs> so, and believe me, I know I give you my fair share. <laughs> but what what does a day look like for you? Well, you, you actually work on many, I guess. Yeah, so um, I, I work on plenty of different shows, um, but let's let's talk about Kitchen Confession. Mostly my goal is to make everyone sound their best. So when we're writing scripts, I'm trying to come up with questions that are going to give people enough latitude to sort of answer in an interesting way. Is that going to get them to showcase, you know, what they do? Um, as an editor, you know, I'm, I'm always editing for clarity and brevity and, and just sort of the story flow to keep things interesting and moving. When I sit down for an editing session, you really get to know people. It's it's a little bit tough because you have to decide as an editor what's relevant, what's repetitive, what's interesting. And you do have to mm-hmm. be a little bit careful not to add too much personal bias to somebody else's story. Yeah, I've always wondered, you know, is it difficult to edit? Because you're thinking about what other people would like to hear, including yourself. But does sometimes does that do those lines ever get blurred where it's like, I like this and I'm going to add this in? Are you always thinking about what the listener wants to hear? It's it's kind of a balance, I think. Um, and and kind of going back to your earlier question, because I was never really trained in journalism and broadcasting. I often come at it from the perspective of a listener. You know, to me mm-hmm. as a listener, if I'm tuning into this program, this is what's interesting to me, and that's what. Uh, I think is going to stand out to other people. So I come at it very much from the listener perspective. But then you don't want to, you know, show the podcast to your guest and they say, oh, you cut this out and you cut that out. No, you want to make sure that they uh, see themselves reflected in the story. Let's play a game, Matt. Okay, let's do it. Okay, let's do it this or that just to get you a little more comfortable. The choice is yours. You can get with this or you can get with that. Dine in or delivery, my friend? Uh, delivery. Cupcake or pie? Pie. Asiago or truffle cheese? I'm going to have to say Asiago. I don't think I've ever had truffle cheese. Online shopping or in-store? I have really enjoyed through 2020 the revolution of like groceries online. It is fantastic. I never want to leave my house. See, none of these answers are shocking me yet because I (laughs) I can actually pick which one you're going to choose. What's worse, laundry or dishes? This I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I would say... Laundry, though, I, I don't really enjoy the dishes. My dishwasher just broke, and it's not great. Oh, that sucks. Dog or cat? Dog, definitely. Okay, sweet or salty? Yes. <laughs> sweet <laughs> and both. salty. Those are the best. Sweet like Like chocolate-covered chips. Do you like those? Oh, unreal. I don't know. I just... I, mm. I, got, I got moo chips in my Christmas gift from you, which was from <laughs> Cow's Creamery in PEI. And they were chocolate-covered chips. Yeah, Frank's been loving like ruffle, them. Ruffle chips. Amazing. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm on the fence about those. Okay, I know I'm going to slide in because you wanted me to only do a couple of these. I'm sliding into rapid fire. Don't cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> What's your junk food kryptonite? Uh, junk food kryptonite would be chips, 
for sure. Okay, so if your fridge could talk, I am so curious to hear this one. What would it say about your food choices? Hmm. Good effort? (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) I make blank for dinner at least once a week. Ooh. Uh, Okay. Roast chicken. Mm, Okay, that's a good one. You spatchcock it or you just... Uh, all kinds of ways. Uh, my favorite is uh, Samin Nostret's buttermilk roast chicken, mm, which is so from good. salt, fat, acid, heat. I do blank daily. Editing. Hey, good one. <laughs> okay, describe your culinary style in two words. Zoom call. <laughs> uh, you're all dressed up on top, sweatpants underneath. <laughs> I, I am no stranger to eating a bag of chips for dinner, but I, I, I can pull out all the stops when needed. We're both foodies, and you are, I think, one of the foodies, the top foodies that I know, <laughs> because you love, honestly, and I think that's why we work so well together, because we both love food. I'm not sure you knew that when you asked me to start editing I Kitchen Confession. No, I didn't. I didn't. That's that's too funny. I did not. I, I think in our first couple uh, production meetings, um, you know, I was kind of asking a couple, you know informed questions about you know do you want to talk about this aspect or that aspect mm-hmm. um of of this sort of you know foodie topic and you're like D- matt do you cook <laughs> i remember that <laughs> i remember it like it was yesterday because i was completely floored i honestly had no idea have you always been into that have you always been into cooking into recipes yeah i mean my mom started teaching us to cook when we were pretty young i remember making eggs with my mom a lot you know, scrambled mm-hmm. eggs, poached eggs, uh, egg in a nest. Um, the only one that I was never able to really master was easy over. I'd, I'd break the yolk every time. But yeah, so we started cooking really young. And then, I don't know, I, th- I think as with a lot of people, college, moving off to college and, and living on your own was sort of the catalyst for me. Um, I remember getting a Jamie Oliver cookbook, I think from my aunt, uh, before I went off to school. I was, you know, pretty familiar with making, you know, I made dinner and after school snacks and stuff like that growing up all the time. And, and, um, I remember I made myself, uh, I think a salmon steak, fried salmon steak, steamed vegetables and like rice. And, uh, and Mm -hmm. my roommate came in in the middle, um, of dinner and, and he could not be convinced that I hadn't ordered out that I hadn't got this from like milestones down the street or something. And to me, it was just like, you know, a really regular thing that you just, you know, it's a pretty basic meal and, and you just kind of cook right. for yourself. So, but, but from there, I, th- I think it was really when I started dating um, Steph, my wife now, then girlfriend, um, you know, I, I really started to cook to impress. Uh-huh. The thing about your cooking, what I love about what you do is that you experiment a lot. You experiment with your food and you kind of give yourself these challenges of stuff that, You've never done before. You've never eaten before. You've recently, over the holidays, tried something different, didn't you? I did indeed, yes. Tell me, tell me. Okay, so um, if you if you go back, uh, listeners, to our catalog and, and see what was on this year, you'll notice a lot of people, um, Chef Mike Gaumont, for example, and uh, very recently Chef Rich Francis, people who were talking about using every part of the animal. And I was I was really inspired by that this year. So I thought I'd try over the holidays on New Year's Eve. I, I made for my wife uh, rabbit. We've never had rabbit before. And the farm boy near us started selling that recently. So I picked one up and uh, I, I thought I'd do a Dijon braised rabbit. 
and it turned out really well. But what I what I found when I opened it up was that the liver was still there in the kidneys. So as mm, per yum. Chef Mike Gomond and uh, Rich Francis, <laughs> I thought, you know, normally it's not something I would do. Um, I, th- I think I've had like liverwurst as a kid, but I've never had or made liver. So I decided to fry those up with some red onion and garlic along with the braised rabbit. That sounds really good. Well, you're lying because I've heard you multiple times talk on the show about fear factor, and I know that you're not that into it. Look, I was into Bambi when I was a kid. Did you know the the book Bambi? And Bambi has a friend, Thumper. Of course. Thumper was my little buddy, which was a rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) I I had to um, run this by Steph before I decided to to buy and cook the rabbit because, as you say, you're you're having memories of Thumper and, uh, you know... (laughs) I had to I had to make sure Steph was okay with me cooking rabbit, not bunny, but rabbit. Uh, and, exactly. Uh, yes, as long as we made that distinction that it was not like a cute fairy tale animal or or forest animal, then that was fine. There is a different taste to it. Did you notice there was the little gamey? Yeah, it was the it was the gamey uh, taste to it. It's a bit hard to describe. I mean, smoky is not really the right word, but. Um, don't say chicken. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's definitely something different than anything I've had before. But, you know, I was raised very much on, you know, your, your chicken, your pork, your beef. Last confession. Do you have you have to have a kitchen confession? I know you have many. OK, so for all you listening a, a, a while back again, if you go back in the catalog, you will see a couple of podcasts called Cup for Time with Producer Matt. It was sort of like a limited series. We might bring it back in the future, but um, mm-hmm. at the end of all those, I would I would give a kitchen confession. Here's one that I don't think that I've shared yet. For a lot of people, uh, cooking a meal together or doing like a cooking class with your partner is really a romantic thing. I'm a horrible kitchen partner. My wife and I have the the worst chemistry of, of all time. If if, if I'm cooking and she's even just like trying to get in there to feed the dog, I guarantee you we'll like run into each other five times. And and she also just doesn't really enjoy being in the kitchen with me because I'm insanely particular about where everything goes, how everything is cooked, how things are chopped. I, I can't watch her chop things because I'll just I'll just be like uh, you, you should really hold the knife like this in your fingers. And she'll just shoo me out and, and tell me that she's been chopping vegetables for her entire <laughs> life and she still has all her fingers and just to get out. Um, so I cook alone for the most part. I usually put on a podcast or a uh, or a TV show or something and, and I cook alone. It's just the best thing for everybody. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. I'm producer and editor Matt Agnew, and now we're going to flip the tables on Mary Mammoliti. So, Mary, tell me about your kitchen. Like, the layout, the design. You know, we've, we've heard a lot from your kitchen, uh, but we don't really know that much about what it's like. Okay, so my kitchen, first of all, um, been in this house for like 15 years now, and I would love to do a remodeling because I've literally outgrown my kitchen now. But I can tell you what I have and what I would like. Right now, there's no, I feel like there isn't much flow. It's getting there. But in terms of layout, I have, mine is in the shape of a square, let's say. So it's open concept, square. And in the center, there's a tiny island that's a movable island. And I actually bought that as an addition when we went into COVID. Do you use a lot of large appliances? Like, do you have the the food processor, the stand mixer? 
All those fancy gadgets? I do. So now there are a lot of people that love a clean countertop. I do. But because I cook and do so many things, I love to have certain appliances readily available. So I don't have to keep on bending and lifting them out of cabinets, out of cupboards. It makes no sense because I'm using them all the time. Are, are there any gadgets that you've got in your kitchen that are absolutely just must have? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, coffee, coffee, more coffee. So I, because I work from home a lot, coffee <laughs> is a must. Yes. So I have my Nespresso machine. Um, I have my Keurig. I have a French press. <laughs> and I have the old school coffee pot that you can put right onto the gas stove and cook your espresso that way. All the options. What gets the most daily use? Daily is my Keurig and my Nespresso. So the morning is always the Keurig because I just got to get that caffeine in me. And then the afternoon, I have that treat of making myself uh, an espresso with some frothy milk and something always a little extra in there. I like adding um, some maple butter to it. Oh, that's funky. It is. It is. It's so nice because it gives that little sweetness to it, but you get that kind of maple hint when you're taking a sip of the coffee. It sounds almost like a Cuban espresso where you would sprinkle some cane sugar just in the top of the uh, uh, of the packet. Exactly. So it's adding that little extra something. And what I love about it is if you're having that sweet craving, it actually curbs that sweet craving for you. What kind of stove do you use? Because that's sort of like the center of a lot of people's kitchen. Is there a stove slash oven? Is it is it gas, electric, induction? Gas. Gas. I've always cooked on a gas stove. Um, even with less vision, I still, it's where I'm comfortable. It's what I'm used to. I know how to gauge um, how long to cook something versus if it's on a cooktop, it's difficult for me to to get a gauge on the, on the temperature and the heat. What got you into cooking? Where did, where did that start? Cooking for me has always been at the center of everything. It's how I was raised. From an Italian household, we had food for everything. Food if you were sick. Food if someone had passed. Food if there was a celebration, someone got married. Food was the cure for everything. It was an expression of love for us. And I think I grew up with that, knowing that when people get together, there should always be some type of food. Why? Because to me... Great conversations always happen around a kitchen table. Growing up, we thought that we were solving the problems of the world at the kitchen table. Everything was, you know, <laughs> it was like a no holds barred. Yeah. We would all we would talk about everything and anything under the sun. And it was always with different people. We had an open door policy. I grew up with a lot of relatives on the street, lots of relatives. And if they weren't, we called them relatives. <laughs> it didn't matter. It was always an open door policy. Um, yeah. my Greek neighbors were like a second family to me. And as they're coming in, they're like, hello, you come down, coffee goes on, food comes on the table. So that's where cooking for me started. And it was something that my mother, my mother was a phenomenal cook. I sadly lost my mom when I was 13, uh, to cancer. And it, it's interesting because although I was so young, she did instill a lot of things in me. I did learn a lot from her. And, um, when my mom had passed, My dad, who had never really cooked, he kind of took over and started cooking and surprised himself because he actually enjoyed it. He loved food and he was really good at it. So when I say I come from a foodie family, I I really do. Both parents, great cooks, food always around us. Yeah, that's for sure. And it sounds too like uh, that's maybe where your conversationalist, you know, maybe some interviewer skills also started to 
uh, come into play as well with that open door policy and chats around the kitchen table? Well, I've always been curious, a curious kid. I've always asked tons of questions. And honestly, I find people fascinating. Everyone's got a story to tell. It's just giving them that platform and that ear to listen to it. Because you'd be surprised as to what you would learn. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, you've, you've hosted about 75 episodes of Kitchen Confession, um, as well as your, your work on uh, Bits and Bites. Um, what have you learned about interviewing people? I've learned a lot. What's different about how I interview now is that I actually think of my listeners. And I try and ask the questions, and what I've learned is to try and ask the questions that I think my listeners would want to know about this person. Whereas if you're talking to just say you and I are having a conversation, it's just like someone's eavesdropping on that conversation. I think for me, I've just, I've learned so much from people that have been on the podcast, from you, from people that I've met about podcasting, about interviewing. And I love to have fun with every single guest. And I think that's something that we have tried to inject from the beginning is to make sure that we're all having a good time. How has the podcast changed over the last uh, almost three years? Oh, gosh. The podcast has always been interview format. However, we have tried many different things and tested many different things. So we tried something called the Friday Five. Um, Way back, Friday Five were five tips that I would share with our listeners. It was okay. It was fun. But it wasn't kitchen confession fun. So then we moved on to trying live on location where we did the mac and cheese festival. I went in with my lav mic, my phone, um, another recorder, Zoom recorder. And I went in, I started just interviewing, you know, food truck owners, uh, restaurant owners, guests, uh, people that are just going to this festival and just talk about what they're doing, what they're eating. And we did that. That was a lot of fun. And I think if I remember correctly, that one, uh, your husband, Frank, was sort of like your impromptu co-host. He was. And I think... I, <laughs> which which may have been one of the only co-hosted episodes. It was. It was. And I think at times he probably stole the show. Um, but it was a lot of fun because I actually got to work with him on that. And he really got into it. Uh, we had a great time. Um, oh, we've also done cooking sessions in my kitchen. Yes. Where I've walked through some recipes. And just actually cooked along, brought you guys into the kitchen live. Well, not live. Well, is it live, Matt? Is it called live? You can call it live to tape. Live to tape. You, you pretend to be live. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there we go. But it was while I was actually cooking um, that, that meal, which was a lot of fun. But yeah, so we've done quite a few different things. But the games have always remained. It, it's cute. It's funny, actually, because I, we have guests that, that were like, oh, I was waiting for the games. I can't wait to play the games. I love that everyone looks forward to that. It, it's just, it's changed. We've tried different things. I can't tell you how much this podcast has actually changed my life. It brings me so much joy because I get to talk food with so many different interesting people. And, and I get to learn from them, which has been such a joy. Well, uh, speaking of games, let's, let's play a All game. All right. Thank you for taking me out of my misery. This is so hard to answer these questions. Okay, let's play a little this or that. Okay, let's do it. The choice is yours. You can get with this or you can get with that. Cupcake or pie? Cupcake. Carnivore or omnivore? Carnivore. What's worse, laundry or dishes? Oh, laundry. Laundry. That whole folding process. I would rather have, maybe because I'm Aquarius and I love water, I would rather have water and dishes and, and soapy and all that cleaning. Salty or sweet? Sweet. 
Whiskey or wine? Wine. Whiskey, that puts some hair on your chest. (laughs) (laughs) Sea salt or Himalayan pink salt? Mmm, tough one. Sea salt. Summer barbecue or winter comfort food? Oh, you're making this tough. Barbecue. Spicy or rich? Spicy caliente. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, let's do some rapid fire now. What is your junk food kryptonite? My junk food kryptonite, how long do we have? Um, I would have to say mini eggs, Cadbury mini eggs. Mini eggs, that's a good one. Yeah, I can't walk by a bag, a bowl of them, nothing without dipping in. And you stock up for the whole next year, right? Every Easter. If if your fridge could talk, uh, what would be the one word? It would use to describe your snack choices. Girl, stop. That's two words. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You've got five minutes to move into a new kitchen, and you can only take two items with you. What would it be, and why? Knife, for sure. So I can chop everything that I need. And my coffee machine. Nice. Because I need coffee. Describe your culinary style in two words. This is a tough one. She's only asked it 75 times, folks. Never thought about her own. Because there's so many things that I could come up with to describe it, right? Like, it's 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 simple. It's, it gives you the warm, warm and fuzzies. Warm and fuzzies. Warm and fuzzy mm-hmm. cooking. Warm and fuzzy cooking. Okay. Uh, curse words you use in the kitchen. I know you can bleep these out. So I start with fudgical, and then I move into either fudgical or for fudge sakes. Um, <laughs> Making a lot of fudge yeah, in your shiitake kitchen. Shiitake mushroom right? is another one. And then it quickly, quickly slides into, oh, for f***'s sakes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I try. I really try to keep it clean, but uh, no, the F-bomb. Yeah, solid. Solid effort. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Justin Timberlake brought sexy back. What would you bring back? Oh, easy. My 21-year-old body. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You ask all your guests to share a kitchen confession. Let's finish off here with one from yourself. Oh, gosh. Uh, kitchen confession. Oh, I made a soup. Okay, so I made this... I was recipe testing. I was making soup and I was adding uh, chicken broth. And the exp- I checked the expiry date. It was fine. But I didn't realize that maybe, I don't know, maybe something went wrong with it. I have no idea. I poured it in the soup, cooked it, did the whole thing, waited till the end. And then I realized there was like this weird scent coming from the pot. I'm like, oh, this doesn't smell good. I pulled the container out of the recycling <laughs> bin and I smelled the container... Yeah, my broth was bad. Ooh, yikes. But I only realized it when it was at the end. Yeah, that uh, sounds like a call out for pizza kind of night. Yeah, I should stop making soup. Maybe that's it. <laughs> well, uh, thanks, Mary. This, is, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, now listeners know that we can uh, not only dish it out, but take it too. Uh, where, where can people find you if they want to listen to more? Oh, gosh, they could find me and the podcast on any podcast player. Apple, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, 
all of that good stuff. You can find me at Kitchen Confession on Instagram. No S. No S people. It's Kitchen Confession. It's that time. We've reached the end of another show. Did we get your stomach growling? Head over to kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. Plus, you can check out ami.ca forward slash kitchen confession for all the latest on the podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and review so we can keep bringing you more episodes you'll love. Our producer and editor is Matt Agnew, and I'm your host, Mary Mamalini. Thanks for listening. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.